Are you a member of the DSO Connect community? Join us. We are a free group on Facebook for dance studio owners to connect, share ideas, inspire one another, and provide support. We help troubleshoot each other's problems and celebrate each other's successes. We have two Zoom calls every month, Coffee Chat Fridays and Wind Down Wednesdays, where we get to hang out together with fellow DSOs who really truly get it. And y'all, I can honestly say that this community is the reason why my studio has survived COVID. Without the amazing support and inspired ideas of the incredible members of this group, I'm not sure I would have made it. So if you're looking for support, connection, and judgment-free advice, join us today. Just search for DSO Connect Community on Facebook and answer the questions to join. We can't wait to meet you. Hello and welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. I am Robin. How's it going, Robin? What's happening in your world? Oh, things are good this weekend. Uh, I had a busy travel week. Um, I went to Topeka, Kansas last week Ooh. to meet with Austin Robertson and seven other dance studios. We were kind of on a focus group panel uh, for this new software that he is developing. And I had to f- sign a non-disclosure agreement. So I'm not going to tell you all the you know, exciting details. I'll leave that to Austin, but I will tell you that he is developing a very impressive software program to make the dance studio owner's life a lot better and more cohesive. In its final form, it will tie together our marketing, our analytics, our pipe drive kind of scenarios where we're nurturing our leads into customers. It will take the, the place of your dance studio pro or your studio director kind of software. Um, it will also integrate with QuickBooks or your accounting software. Um, it will also help with lead or replace lead pages so that you don't have to have that. It's basically a one-stop shop for all of your dance studio owner needs. And we won't have to be kind of tying together this system and that system and this system and that system. So very, very exciting. Um, also, I w- it was nice to just, again, hang out with studio owners and, you know, talk shop and pick their brains and get inspired. And, you know, especially now we haven't seen each other since pre-COVID. And uh, it was nice to see studios thriving, studios still struggling. It wasn't nice to see that, but it, it made you feel like, okay, I'm not the only one that's struggling. Um, but, you know, seeing where everybody else is and touching base. And it, it was like reuniting with your people. That sounds lovely. And I'm so excited for this new software. Do they have an estimated launch date? Yeah, I think um, this time next year, it'll start rolling out. But he's got, um, I think he's calling it like a, a, a roadmap of what features will be rolled out at what stages. So as a studio owner, you could join at the time that's appropriate for you. So like if you need a particular feature that's not going to be added right away, but it'll be added six months later, then that may, that will help determine when you should start the program. Um, Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I can't wait until I can get my hands on it and really experience all that it has to offer. That's very exciting stuff. 
Yeah. So um, I will let you know more details as I'm allowed to. Yeah. I'm sure that Jonathan's going to want me to start telling everybody about it once. Mm-hmm. I hope that he knows how excited people are for this. Um, I think he wants to, wants to know that. I think that it helps to hear that, you know, because, you know, he's a human and we all have our days where it's like, yes, this is going to be awesome. And then you hear one little meep, 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 meep from somebody and it's like, oh, am I on the wrong track? So I think that like all of us, it's really nice to hear that people are excited about what you're doing. So I will let him know that Casey, for one, is super excited. <laughs> Very good. And I know the rest of the DSO Connect team is, is excited as well. So yeah, it's gonna be cool. Good. That sounds like a fun trip. So should we get to our topic? Yeah, let's get to our topic today. Our topic today is self-doubt and imposter syndrome and how to deal with these things as business owners, as leaders, as creative people. So um, if you're not familiar with imposter syndrome, it is basically the feeling of, um, of like, well, self-doubt, but specifically that that you are going to be found out as a fraud. Um, I found actually a psychologist on TikTok who kind of laid it out very clearly that I enjoyed. Um, Four signs that you have imposter syndrome or four signs of imposter syndrome is you attribute your accomplishments to luck rather than ability. You have a fear of being found out and that someone will show you up to be a fraud. You try to do every task so perfectly that you either procrastinate or over-prepare. And when people compliment or praise you, it feels like you're getting away with something. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is from Dr. Julie Smith. She has a TikTok account um, with lots of, she talks about imposter syndrome and, and building confidence and, lo- and lots of other mental health issues as well. Um, so she's really great. Again, that's Dr. Julie Smith. I like her a lot. Um, and it's fun to just have those little like helpful tidbits in your in your feed while you're scrolling TikTok and have like cute animal videos and fun dance videos and then like, oh, some mental health stuff. <laughs> um, so I struggled with imposter syndrome a lot back in the early days when I first started what was to become DSO Connect. I was struggling a lot with burnout at the time of my with my studio. And so I kind of selfishly created this group for dance studio owners. So back when it was just a weekly Skype call and I created this group initially to create support for myself, but then I found myself in a position where I was supporting other people. And so I suddenly felt like I had to be the expert and I, you know, had to support all these other people and lift up all these other people and, and provide information. And I felt very much like, Oh my God, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. These people know what they're doing better than me and I have to help them, but they're going to find out that I don't know what I'm doing and that I'm just a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had this like intense fear of like, Oh my God, they're going to find out that I'm not qualified to be helping them at all. So eventually though, I found out that through organizing my own thoughts and through trying to help other people, I actually bolstered my own knowledge and I, 
you know, through helping other people, I actually improved my own studio and my own business. And then when we finally, the six of us um, partnered, decided to partner together and make it a real business, whereas before it was just kind of a loosely organized group, now that it's an actual business through partnering with the other five women in DSO Connect, it's like, I don't have to know everything, you know, like all, everybody has something to contribute so that I don't have to know all of it. And Robin, you and I were actually just talking about this. It's the same thing within our studios Mm -hmm. where you don't have to know everything about ballet. You don't have to be a perfect ballet teacher. You should hire someone. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to know everything about accounting. You have an accountant. Yeah, and I think that the key there is as as a studio owner, if you are having some sort of an imposter syndrome or feelings of doubt about your abilities, um, remind yourself what your job is as a studio owner. Your job as a studio owner is not to be the best ballet teacher or to be the best contemporary choreographer or to be the the person who knows everything about human resources and hiring or to even be to know everything there is to know about marketing. Those aren't your jobs. Your job is to lead a group of people and to develop a team that together can do all of those things. So... If I realize as a studio owner that my ballet program is lacking, which it's not, but let's say I did, I would um, instead, my time would be better used hiring a ballet teacher that can take my ballet program to the next level than signing myself up for a ballet teacher training course and spending, you know, time traveling and taking classes and studying and taking an online test. I mean, that is not the best use of my time. The best use of my time would be to hire someone who's super qualified and pass the job on to them. And then to do that in every area of your business and you're the driver Mm -hmm. and you have this stellar team. So again, I'm, I don't fear that I'm an imposter because I am not the ballet teacher that I used to be. I, that's not my job anymore. I'm doing my job. So I think it's important to keep that in perspective. And I think also we, we confuse the concepts of confidence and fearlessness as, Mm. as leaders, we need to be confident, but confident does not mean being fearless. Confident means you see your fear, you recognize your fear and you move forward, acknowledging that fear, but not letting it control you. Yep. Yeah. And we're all going to have doubts about moves that we're going to make because, I mean, if they're important moves, Um, but you need to be able to keep your head cool and analyze the situation, determine Mm -hmm. what steps need to be, what, what is the problem? What are the, what is the solution? And what are the steps I need to take to implement that solution and then do it? Right. Um, and there may be some hesitancy or there may be some tentative feelings and maybe feelings of fear involved, but you but have that to fear, march forward anyway. You have to march forward anyway, and that fear is temporary. Mm-hmm. Once you do the thing, the fear mm-hmm. will be over and it will be replaced by either that victorious feeling of success 
or maybe it didn't work out how you wanted it to, but you will learn from that experience. And more than likely, if it doesn't work out how you want it to, it will not be the end of the world. <laughs> exactly. And believe me, everybody around you is making mistakes daily. You mm -hmm. don't notice because you're focused on yourself. Just like they're not noticing all your mistakes because you're because they're focused on themselves. Right. So, um, yeah, is, is imposter syndrome a big thing amongst yeah. people? Oh, definitely, definitely. And I think for some reason it's more um, prevalent among women. Huh. Um, huh. Or at least that's, that's like the stats that I've seen. Um, but, and, and what really resonates with me is that feeling of like, oh, you haven't accomplished this, all of this because of your hard work and because of your abilities. You've, you've landed where you are because you're lucky. Mm. I feel that a lot. Really? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Where like, you know, I realize that these situations and these scenarios um, put me in a place to be successful. But the reality is that someone without the skills and the knowledge that I have could have taken those scenarios and not been successful with it. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, yes, these scenarios kind of happened and this situation happened and that opened the door for me, but I took that opportunity and I made it something real. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, like I, I started my studio with a business partner who really was the force behind opening the studio. It was his idea. Um, I knew at that point that I wanted to open a studio at some point in my life, but I thought at the time I was too inexperienced and too young. And so my plan originally was to teach at as many studios as I possibly could to get as much experience as I could and see different ways of running a business and then opened my own studio. But at the time, um, it was a, a father of one of my students came to me and said, hey, this studio, this other dance studio is closing. Why don't you and I open up a new business in its place? And I was like, what? <laughs> that is insane. And he eventually wore me down and we did it. Um, and so that scenario, I feel like was very lucky but when, you, when I really think about it, he would not have offered that opportunity to me had he not seen something in me. If, I, right. if he thought that I was a hot mess and irresponsible and didn't know what I was doing and wasn't responsible, um, he would not have presented this idea. Um, right. And after two and a half years, we split ways and he was no longer part of the business. And you know, here I am in year nine and I'm still running a successful business. So obviously I did, I've done something right. <laughs> like I was lucky in that I was put in the right place at the right time with the right people, but that doesn't mean that I haven't worked my ass off and it doesn't mean that I am not capable and, and skilled and knowledgeable in what I'm doing. Like I've learned, I've basically learned along the way you know, I've learned, I've made a lot of mistakes, a lot. And I think this is probably something that would resonate with a lot of young, you know, people who opened their studios when they were young, you kind of learn on the job, mm -hmm. but that's part of developing your skill set. Yeah. And I think you need to acknowledge that a lot of people in the world who are successful have 
reached their success partly due to luck or circumstance. There's all kinds of things that fall into our laps um, that we either grab onto or pass on. And that doesn't nullify your accomplishments at all. I'm also wondering if women, you say women tend to feel this more often than men. I'm wondering if women also experience this as mothers or as heads of, or as parents. I tend to run my household similarly to how I run my business. And sometimes my, to my husband's chagrin and he'll say, this is not your business. This is your home. I'm like, well, kind of is the same in some senses. For example, I don't know how to open our pool. I don't know how to mow our lawn. I have delegated those responsibilities to my husband. He does not know how to use a computer. So I handle the, the bills and I am the primary breadwinner in our family and that's okay. And then, you know, Wally and I both don't know how to fix the internet when it breaks or I don't know, set up a new electronic situation. So that's Nick's job, you know? And then there are things that my mom does like find the warranty for that broken item, figure out how to order a replacement part online. Like that's just tedious stuff that my mom has time to do because she's older and she's, you know, that doesn't take a lot of physical. So, you know, we need something, an extra hand that's Brendan, you know, we need somebody to grow some food and produce some eggs. That's Alex. Like everybody's got their, their job. And I don't know how to raise chickens but I don't feel insecure about it. I just like assign somebody to do it. <laughs> well, I think also this idea of, um, of self-doubt is also kind of relates to something that I've been working on with myself um, and also in therapy that um, your self-worth as an individual is not directly related to your productivity. You are a valuable human being who deserves good things like, you know, love and shelter and food and, and all, you know, all the good things in your life you deserve, regardless of how productive you are as an individual or as a business. Like if your business totally tanks and completely fails, you can still be worthy of good things. You are still worthy of good things. You know, like it's not, it's not like your value as a human being is tied to how much money you make. And I think that's like an idea that is sort of ingrained in us that like the more money you make or the higher your position is or whatever, you know, the better of a, the more quality of a human being you are. But in reality, that's just not true. Yeah. I think that it should be more closely tied to the effort that you put out mm -hmm. and your intention in putting out the effort. Like what is, what do, what do you intend to how do you intend to impact the world? And are you at least making an effort to do that? Right. Um, and I think, you know, how you treat other people and how you treat yourself are more important than how much money you make or, you know, how much, how successful, how successful your business is or, you know, those sorts of things. And like, it's important to make a living and, and be, you know, sustainable in your own life, but you're still have value as a human being, even if you're not making enough money. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Well, I hope that our listeners are not having imposter syndrome. 
And if they are, just like take a look at what your role actually is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to be able to do all things. And as, as leaders, we need to remember that our job is to lead. Right. And that you're not alone. That so many people feel that way. And I think that was kind of a turning point for me, realizing that other people felt the same way. And, you know, no one, no one thinks that they're perfect and no one is perfect. So I'll bet if you asked anyone, like if you asked the millionaires and billionaires of the world, they probably would say that they have room for improvement and that there are parts of their lives that are a hot mess, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're probably not worried about being found out. (laughs) Like, I don't think Jeff Bezos is like, oh, my God, somebody's going to find out that I, you know, my laundry's not put away. I'm sure he has someone else who does that for him. But (laughs) do you know what I mean, though? Like, acknowledging that other so many other people feel this way, like, like realizing that was a was a big help for me. Yeah. All right. So I learned something about imposter syndrome. Well, there you go. (laughs) The DSO Connect 2021 retreat is right around the corner and registration is now open. We are heading to Cape Coral, Florida, July 23rd through 25th, and we also have a virtual only option. Spend a weekend with other like-minded, creative, goal-oriented studio owners. The weekend includes two days chocked full of amazing seminars by the DSO Connect team, including yours truly, and one day of implementation sessions where we sit down together and get stuff done. So by the time you leave, you've already got things checked off your list. You'll leave feeling rejuvenated and have an actionable plan to build your studio into a thriving business so you can live your best life. This is an intimate weekend where we all stay in the same fabulous waterfront estate together, so space is extremely limited. Included in your stay is all the amazing content, the implementation day, swag bag, seminar workbook, food and drink for the weekend, including adult beverages, your lodging at the estate, and the priceless connections that you'll make with all the other studio owners. Plus, you'll get a one-on-one follow-up coaching call with one of the DSO Connect team after the retreat to help you stay on track. For more information and to reserve your spot, head on over to dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Retreat 2021 tab. Don't wait too long because space is seriously limited and these spots will go fast. So again, dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Retreat 2021 tab. We can't wait to spend the weekend with you. So the other thing we were going to talk about today is... um, when your business gets a negative Google review or mm. Yelp review or, or Facebook review or whatever. Yeah. So how do we and deal it, with those negative reviews? Yeah. And this is something that I have some experience with. Um, First of all, you're not going to be able to make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. There will be in the life of your business. If you haven't encountered a negative review yet, you will at some point, you can't make everybody happy by running your business with integrity and running your business, you know, the, the way that your, um, your mission is and the way that your values dictate, you know, not everyone is going to line up with that mission and with those values. So some people are going to be left dissatisfied. The goal is to minimize that, of course, but mm-hmm. 
it's going to happen. And it does not mean that you're a failure. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you should quit. Um, it doesn't mean that you need to grovel at those people's feet <laughs> to win them back. Maybe it just means that it wasn't the right fit. Yeah. And as dance studio owners, I think that we tend to take things very, very personally. Right. When, because our, our business is personal and it, you know, you can say it's not personal, it's business all day long, but the reality is because it's a creative industry and because it's, we're dealing with children and we're involved in children's lives for, you know, sometimes up to 17 years or whatever. Um, you know, it, it becomes personal. Yeah. So no matter what, when you get that email alert that says that you've got a review and you realize it's a negative review, I think that for me, the first thing I feel is like a punch in the gut. And it's like a little bit of like taking my breath away, like, <gasps> and, or a splash of water in the face. It's like, it's literally a little slap in the face. And then my, I feel like my temperature go up <laughs> and I'm like, you know, is this, is, is there any, like, what's going on here? It's, it's, it's like this crazy kind of moment of, I'm, I'm a little surprised and hurt. And then I tend to read it, read the review over a couple times. Maybe I share it with one or two of my inner circle people to get feedback on it. And then once I can kind of calm down about it, I try to look at it from a really objective perspective. Is there anything here that's that I can learn from? Is there anything valid here? As painful as it is to admit, is there anything valid here that um, I can really use as a tool to improve my business? And that I think is really difficult because we want to get defensive. It's our natural instinct is to be like, well, that's not what happened. Well, she's just crazy. Well, she's just upset because. Um, or she, I don't even, you know, it's, it's, it's our first instinct is to make a million excuses why um, we're right and they're wrong. But to be able like, to act. It's almost like breaking up with someone where you're like, oh, they're just, you know, oh, my ex is just crazy. But it, like, that's not helpful to anyone. It, but if you can take that maybe slightly uh, unhinged. <laughs> experience and then learn from it, then your next relationship is better. And in the business, if you can take this negative review and learn from it, then it will help your customer service in the future, or it will help your, you know, your lesson planning in the future or whatever it might be. Right. So at that point, one, you know, usually I'll try to give it, give it some time, let it settle, let the dust, dust settle. And usually after an hour or two, if you read the review again, it's, it's less, less scathing. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's less sharp. Um, it's kind of dulled down a little bit. And then you can, you know, once the emotions are put aside, it's important to take a look at it and, and see like what here is true and what here is not true or what is useful and what is not. And then what I try to, I all, you always need to respond. You all, I think it's very important to respond. And if you think about it as a consumer, let's say you're going out to dinner with your husband and, or your boyfriend, and you are thinking, um, we want to try someplace new. We heard about this place. Let's, let's check their reviews. And you see, a lot of times I scroll right through the good reviews and I look for the bad review mm -hmm. 
And then I look for the response of the right. business. So, and what do need- you, what do you think of that business that responds sarcastically right. or negatively or, or attacking the reviewer? Like, that's not a good look. You're not going to want to go to that restaurant if the, if the owner is just attacking that reviewer right back. That's not right. a good look. And I will also say that if a review is too long, like goes on and on and on and on and on, then I don't even finish reading it. I just mm-hmm. assume that the reviewer is the one that's being irrational. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not going to, you, you shouldn't take your whole entire story to the Google review. You should take your whole entire story to the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Google review is, is a Google review. Um, so anyway, I, I think it's important that we think from the perspective of a consumer. And so the next time you are being a consumer in that situation and looking at reviews, kind of watch yourself over your own shoulder and see what what is important to you when you're looking at reviews. So I always take the opportunity to reply to a review and I start by saying, thank you for giving me the opportunity to address this. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when someone writes a negative review, they think that they're attacking you. And when you say, thank you for doing this, it kind of switches the tables a little bit. It's like, they're trying to do something bad to you. And you're saying, oh, thank you for giving me this wonderful opportunity to talk about my business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I would not get in the weeds with people mm-hmm. about the ins and outs of every little talking point, but I would reiterate in a general broad sweeping motion, what your values are and why those things happened. Um, you can also say if it's something that you, you were actually negligent about, like for example, um, I don't know, let's say you lost track of a child and they were outside the front of your building waiting for their parent instead of inside the building. And someone wrote that in a Google review. You could, I would own up to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would say, I am so sorry, but uh, this is not how things normally happen. This was an oversight. Um, we will definitely be taking a look at our procedures and policies because you can't deny it. Right. And all businesses make mistakes. So if it's something where your business legitimately made a mistake, admit it and also say, thank you for bringing this to our our attention. We are going to fix it or it is now fixed. Right. Therefore, the negative review, it's like, okay, well, you can't as a consumer say, I'm not going to that studio because they leave kids out on the sidewalk. Well, I just told you we don't do that anymore. Right. Like we fixed it, like problem solved. Mm-hmm. So I, and don't get emotional, address the issue, um, thank them for bringing it to your attention and then reiterate what your, um, what your values are. It right. And in that scenario, right. Yeah. In that scenario, you can say, you know, it's very important to us that, you know, safety is our number one priority. And we're so sorry that this happened. We um, have looked at our procedures and are are rectifying the situation in the following ways. And, you know, again, like the value of safety is in there. Um, 
And then like another thank you at the end of like, thank you again for bringing this to our attention. We appreciate the opportunity to do better for our, for our students and their families. Um, yeah, you know, something keep, like that. Keep it super classy. Like you're not going to say, well, maybe you shouldn't have been late. Right. <laughs> Pick up your kid. Like, right. no, you're going to keep it super classy. You're going to use it as an opportunity to improve your own business and, um, you know, thank them for, for, you know, allowing you this opportunity to improve exactly now there may be there may be a review where it's not an actual thing that your your studio did wrong but maybe the customer just does not is not a good match for your studio Mm -hmm. maybe their complaint is i can't believe you make my child wear their hair in a bun and wear tights in ballet um you know it might be that kind of thing i'm kind of generalizing um to to make the point that it could be something that you're not going to change that because that's right. the nature of what you do. So in that case, I would address, I would again, thank them for um, giving them the opportunity, giving you the opportunity to discuss this and say, we believe that our dress code is very important for the following reasons and we stand by it. Um, we hope that your child will find a studio that's better suited, um, you know, perhaps one with a looser dress code, whatever. Um, but don't always feel like you have to change what you're doing if it's not a legitimate flaw or mistake mm-hmm. that your company made. If it's just a difference in values, then I think you should be very clear and, and wish them well in their pursuit of a business that better matches their values. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Another thing that you can do is if you get one negative Google review, you might not need to do this, but if you get a couple and maybe they're all at the top of the review list or whatever, you want to bury those with positive reviews. So what I have done, um, and I did this just because I needed more reviews, not necessarily because I had negative reviews, but I, I literally sent an email to my entire email list of anyone who had ever come to the studio basically for any reason. And I said, um, and this was like during COVID time. So it was kind of more, um, basically I said, you know, statistics are showing that up to 50% of small businesses will close due to COVID or it will close permanently due to COVID. And I do not want AIM to be part of that statistic, but in order to do that, I need your help. Will you please take a moment to write us a review on Google and Facebook? And I got like 70 new reviews mm-hmm. from people, from some people who hadn't been to the studio, uh-huh, from some people who haven't been to the studio in years. That's fantastic. It was amazing. And so that was really great for me because it lifted my spirits so much. I mean, I had, you know, one family who they had been to us like the first year that we opened and I never heard from them again. And they wrote a beautiful review yeah, eight I- years later. <laughs> I think we shouldn't be afraid to ask for reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in one of my reviews, I think online, someone said, I wrote a negative review and then, or, or someone referenced the fact that every time there was a negative review, there was a whole bunch of positive reviews as if I solicited them. Mm-hmm. And I did respond to it. And I said, um, you know, in most cases, people write reviews because they're disgruntled. Most people, if they're happy, they just take that. That's the standard. Like I expect to be happy. So why would I write a review? 
Right. They just did their job. Why would I write a review? So, of course, in that regard, you're going to have many more disgruntled reviews mm-hmm. than happy reviews unless you ask for the happy reviews. And, you know, I just pointed out that this is making it a more accurate representation of how our customers truly feel. Because while one in 10 people may have a gripe, only the one- Only only that one is gonna take to Google and write that review. (laughs) Right, so that's not an accurate representation. If you see 10 negative reviews, that, that means that there are 90 people who were happy. So by encouraging the happy people to write their reviews, I'm not burying, as you say, um, the reviews, so to speak. I'm actually just trying to level the playing field and give the the viewer a more accurate representation of how how people feel. Yeah, absolutely. It's not wrong to ask for, I mean, people are doing it all the time on podcasts. I mean, Mm -hmm. we do it. Please write and review. I mean, it's just it's so common right now. Right, so right. as painful as it is when you get a negative review, I think it's super important that you kind of follow those steps. You um, take a breath, mm-hmm. take a breath, step back, maybe share it with one or two of your most trusted people, see if they have any insight. And people that will be honest with you and say, well, Robin, you know, uh, you did kind of get kind of snappy that day or something. Um, people who will be honest with you and then take an honest look at whether there's anything you can learn from the situation. Um, give it some time to settle. I would give it less than 24 hours, um, but give it an hour or two to settle. Write your response. And, and in that response, you know, say thank you and own up to anything that you actually, you know, have fault in. And point out that you've improved mm-hmm. on that, that mistake. Um, I would have your people proof your response before yeah. you send it out. Um, you know, the rule of, you know, type it up and then don't hit send. <laughs> um, you know, let it marinate a little bit. And then, like you said, encourage some positive re- reviews to come in to balance that out. A little bit and then you've got to let it go yeah you got to let it go because if if it lives rent free in your head then you're not focused on the things that you need to be focusing on which are you know loving on those kids and creating the best the best program that we can create for our communities exactly yes for sure well i think that's a great place to end it today mr robin yeah sounds good yeah all right so what's your heart happy moment well, I'm in Connecticut visiting my dad and my stepmom, and um, I last night we arrived and we had wine and beer and you know just cocktails and appetizers and stuff before dinner, and we were all sitting around, um, you know, just catching up because we haven't seen each other in since Thanksgiving of 2019. Oh, so wow. we haven't been here since Thanksgiving of 2019. Yeah. So um, we were just sitting around talking, and my dad. Um, asked my son Brendan a question. He's 19 and he's going to go to college um, finally in this fall. And um, he asked him a question and I won't talk about what the question was, but I was a little nervous. Like, I don't know if Brendan is going to be able to answer this very serious question 
um, in a calculated, mature, well thought out way. And my dad, uh, if you've met my dad, my the dad is all those things: calculated, conservative, you know, well thought mm-hmm. out. It's, and I just kind of sat back and took a sip of my wine, and I was like, "Let it roll, Brendan." And he made me so proud of just his, his response was just very thoughtful and well-paced. It wasn't like he was running all over himself. And um, my dad challenged him a little bit on the idea and Brendan didn't cave, didn't get aggressive or defensive. He just reiterated and embellished upon his point a little bit more and I was just like, I'm so proud of my kid. Oh, <laughs> that's my awesome. Dad is, my dad is not an easy person to debate with. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he's a little intense. And, yeah. And um, so my, my kid did good and I was proud of him. So that's awesome. That's my happy moment. How about you, Kate? Oh, I got to see my parents. And I know it was so good. I went up, I brought my new dog with me and we got to hang out for the whole weekend. I went up on a Thursday night and left Saturday afternoon. And so it was a nice, it was a nice little visit. And I got to hug them for the first time since last August. And yeah, it was just so good to just be there. And we didn't really do much. We we hung out, we took some hikes and played with the dogs and just talked and watched some movies and it was just so chill and relaxing and we just had such a fun time that's great I'm so glad you got to visit them yeah thanks it was really awesome cool Yay. yay see there are happy things all around us we just have to remember to notice them absolutely All right, Robin. Well, thank you for this time today. It's been so great to chat with you. I feel like it's been a long time since it's just the two of us here. Yeah. So we will see everybody soon. And don't forget to, I don't know. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, give us a five-star review. Yeah, give us those five-star ratings and write a review. I mean, it, it does actually help a lot. It helps with the algorithm and people finding this podcast and you know, our goal really is to help as many people as possible with our podcast and with DSO Connect in general. So the more reviews we get, um, the more people we can reach. So please drop us a review. Um, we are still registering for the 2021 retreat in Cape Coral, Florida. So head over to our website, dancestudioownerconnect.com to check out more information about the retreat. We've only got a few spots left, so make sure you jump on that. Um, there's also an, a virtual option if you are not into traveling just yet. So we can't wait to see you guys in July and we will be back next week with another episode. Thanks everybody. Bye.